Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard. Versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, and I'm joined by my brother on the west side of Los Angeles, the big dog, the big kahuna, my padre, Nando Vila. What's going on? I went heavy with the Spanish. I don't know why yeah. I just did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay, man. I'm, you know... You got one Spanish friend. You gotta, you gotta milk it. Yeah. Literally, my only Spanish friend. Um, so on today's show, speaking of Spain, uh, anybody who has been following um, European football even a little bit, it's been, it's made major news that um, a player on Real Madrid, a black guy by the name of Vinicius, um, he was heckled at a game. Who are they playing? Valencia. Valencia, um, yeah, he was heckled at a game, racial epithets. This is like, you know, um, there's a, a bit of a history in Europe with black players specifically getting like, you know, pretty bad, like, you know, motherfuckers throwing bananas on the fucking pitch and like, like cartoonishly virulent racism. Wanted to talk mm-hmm. to Nando about that because, of course, that is his um, native country. Actually, United States is, but you know what the hell I mean. And yeah. he's, like, really good about this stuff. So we'll get on that later. But first, man, I hope you guys watched the epic, momentous, huge event that was Ron DeSantis, quote-unquote, announcing his presidency on Twitter Live with host Elon Musk. No, it wasn't epic or huge or anything. It was very stunted and stuttered. And Twitter being the basically the Section 8 of social media 
um, websites. Their servers couldn't handle the extra traffic. It took 30 minutes for the guy to even get on at all. It was a stops and starts. It was pretty fucking embarrassing for the platform, more so than Ron DeSantis, but just like Elon, the, the thing that you are presiding over is so clearly second rate um, and has been made even more so second rate by his leadership over there. Yeah. But um, yeah, a lot of people had a lot of fun with it on social. Um, I missed that this was even happening, to be honest, because <laughs> I'm not on Twitter anymore. But like, you know, reading about it and just like. Seeing how embarrassing this all was, I think I, I felt very self-satisfied because obviously we don't fuck with Ron DeSantis, but Elon is like genius, blah, 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 tag guru, blah, blah, blah. This is just, just egg on Can't even do a live stream. It's just- You're gonna land on Mars? Can't even do a fucking live stream. You're gonna go to fucking Mars? Can't even do a live stream. Like technology that's been invented like for 20 years, like they've been doing fucking live streams, you know? Like. Can't do a fucking live stream. The fucking rocket scientist. You know, the fucking... Oh, uh, yeah. my God, um, dude. No, I mean, it was a perfect distillation of everything that's wrong with everything right now. I mean, and not to sound too much like Kendall Roy in the latest episode of Succession, I just wanted to tell Ron DeSantis, you're too online, bro. You're way too <laughs> online. If you thought that this was a good idea, it's so you know, weird. even if it would have gone off without a hitch, like, even if it would have just been smooth, it's still a terrible idea. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. like... There's a whole thing about running for president and that the number one thing you have to do is act and look presidential, you know? And being on TV is how you do still that. is much more presidential and distinguished than going on fucking Twitter, you know? Like, Twitter. We're talking about Twitter here, it's, you know? It's Twitter. It's Twitter. <laughs> it's, it's like, we're not talking about the game. It's, you know, it's Twitter. It's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were on Twitter um, to announce your candidacy for the president of the United States, bro. Like, you could have just held a press conference. Every single important media outlet would have attended and gave you a day and a news cycle or two behind it. And instead, you decided to go on Twitter, not Facebook Live. <laughs> You know, not Instagram live, not not the like, you know, the social media, the tech apparatuses that or, you know, in conjunction with Google, although I'm not going to lie, like Apple and Google are a lot more lib in their um, companies, yeah. sort of, uh, of course, you know, cultural uh, aesthetic anyway. And so like they probably wouldn't want to be down with the GOP. Not. And again, when I say lib, y'all, y'all know exactly what I mean, like green juices we don't want to see gay people get hanged in the streets and black people yeah. are fine like that type of shit but like obviously they're greedy oligarchic fucking corporate greedy fucking bastards right but but you know they lean way more lib than um uh obviously elon musk and all of that stuff uh, but i think yeah. the reason why he did it nando is because remember Miami, South Florida was going to be the tech hub of, you know, of America. It was going to steal it from, because the, you know, the, the libs ruined California and all the libertarian tech bros were like, we're going to South Florida. And they've, you know, they, they've basically invented Ron DeSantis as a national figure in the sense that he started getting all of this attention, Nando, from the politicos and all of these other media outlets. 
after they noticed the money was lining up behind him. He was just like amassing a massive war chest and it was spearheaded by these tech people, these libertarian guys. And so they're kind of the reason he even started being taken seriously. It's like, whoa, money is lining up against him. Um, I mean, excuse me, behind him. And then, of course, you know, he wins re-election, which is, you know, more positive momentum for what he's trying to do. Um, and so we get here. So, you know, when you're drinking your own Kool-Aid, you really think to yourself, like, yeah, where I need to run for president and announce it is on Twitter. Because all my tech bro buddies t- tell me this is going to be such a cool and cutting edge idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, uh, I, again, I mean, he's just, He's so pathetically online, and it's going to be one of the downfalls of his candidacy. I mean, I and I don't so know why. Did you listen? Did you listen to any of his? To, did you listen to any of it? I mean, no, have you heard I his? Mean, just, or like, have you heard his voice ever? Yeah. <laughs> I've, anytime he talks, he sounds like he's he's not charismatic. He sounds. He's like, the biggest fucking nerd. He's a nerd. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking nerd. Like America ain't no fucking <laughs> like no nerd, you know. Like, like he's it's a nerd. Like, like, he's he, like he, he goes on there with Elon Musk and he says something like, "The woke mind virus is an assault on the truth. Therefore, because it's against the truth, we need to wage a war on woke." You know, and it's like you sound like a you fucking get like you internet, sound, bro. It's yeah. just, bro. For the, and and this is what I was on TYT yesterday talking to Anna and I was and she was like I don't know man this guy Mike could get some traction I was like you know what I I I think he he landed on something with the COVID closures and understanding that people wanted their kids back in school liberal or conservative they all wanted their fucking kids back in school COVID or not and people liked going out. People liked having restaurants and malls and shit open to yeah. do things. Like that he, was the peak of his popularity. Yes. He he landed on something with that. However, the woke mind virus, blah, like the, normal people don't talk in those terms. If he would have got on there and said, yo, we're gonna go to school. We're not trying to have kids feel bad about our ancestors and shit like that. We want people to feel proud to be American. Boom. Everybody understands that shit and it's going. You try to explain to some hayseed in West Virginia what a woke mind virus is. I'm not denigrating their intelligence. I'm saying this is jargon that these yeah. people don't interact with. You know, it's it's no different than if I go to a fucking mechanic and he starts talking to me about car parts. I don't know shit about cars. That doesn't <laughs> make me a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? So like him being so online is such a freaking dork. It's going to ultimately hurt him because I think yeah. there is something to like attacking like critical race theory and all of this stuff and getting parents riled up about not making white kids feel terrible when they go to school. Even though I don't know why as a white kid, you would feel connected to George Washington. I think that's weird, but whatever. Right. Um, there, There's a way to communicate that in a way that a lot of white and non-white voters, quite frankly, could be like, yeah, I don't really give a shit about that. I'm tired of motherfuckers trying to make me feel bad about America. This shit way better than the third world country, you know, hellscape that I escaped. I don't want to hear that shit from these lips. There's a way to tap into that. Ron DeSantis, unfortunately for him, his backers, his staffers, his campaign, he he doesn't have a fucking earthly clue how to do that. Yeah. Matt, at the party we went to last weekend was Matt Chrisman from Chapo was, was telling me, he was like, you know, the reason, the reason, you know, DeSantis is weak and he's toast is that his candidacy or his potential candidacy hasn't scared off 
jokers like Nikki Haley and <laughs> Tim Scott and uh, you know uh, fucking Mike Pence might even run. Like, can you imagine a Mike Pence candidacy? Uh, he might actually do better than than DeSantis just because he was vice president. But sure. um, you know, like just these jokers. Like, if he was actually like a strong candidate, they they would be they would be afraid they wouldn't jump into the race because they, right. they would feel like they didn't have a shot. But I think they smell blood in the water that Trump has essentially focused on him. And we can talk about the response, the Trump response. Oh yeah, to, we got to get to that to DeSantis's announcement because it is spectacular. Uh, you know, he's finding his groove again. So, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Like, one of the reasons why he lost in 2020 is because he focused on bullshit, you know? He focused on, like, the Russia shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, in a way, the libs trapped him into that shit because no one cared. Like, no one cared. Mm -hmm. Whereas in 2016, he was a monster, but he was talking to people's real frustrations yeah. and doing NAFTA it NAFTA was bullshit. The trade deal was yeah. bullshit. The wars yeah. in Iraq and Iran and, and, and Afghanistan, that was bullshit. We don't need to do all of that. We need to shut down the border. Immigration is rampant, blah, blah, blah. This is shit that people care about. Like, like yeah. it or not, like, obviously, I think some of the rhetoric around immigration, I'm, look, man, I'm honestly somebody who's of two minds. I'm like, look, if we actually got a, a, a decent welfare state in, um, I think it would actually make literal actual sense to be um, stronger on the border, right? It would be like, well, I mean, shit, we actually do give people a lot of resources to come here. Um, and if we're going to do a, like an actual accounting of it, then we could do it. But like all this shit about like when, you know, you go to the middle of the country where nobody fucking lives there and this idea that we're overcrowded and people are taking our resources. What resources, bro? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You get dick. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, like countries that have, I mean, the, the, the idea that a robust welfare state is the draw for immigrants is just not borne out by the experience of countries that do have robust uh, welfare states and like, you know, the Nordic countries, it's not like they're being, you know, bombarded. Right. I mean, there's immigration to those countries just because they're rich countries and there's immigration to France and Spain and Germany and because there's, a, but like the social services seem to survive. You know what I mean? The the real issue with the United States and immigration is, uh, sure, in some theoretical sense, you could imagine a world in which immigrants were were absorbing too much in, in, in of the welfare state. But the problem, the, 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 what what immigration uh, scholars always point out is that immigrants, when they come to the country, contribute to the to the general economic growth yeah, of the country, of course, and therefore are putting back politically. in politically. No, 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 I get it. But the, the real and the real issue with the vis-a-vis -vis the United States and immigration, which most of it comes from Central America, is that we fucking do the wars and the coups and the yeah, stuff that's, there. That's part you of know? it. That's that's, that's we're, like, we're the ones making the conditions that these people Yeah, are they don't wanna leave their fucking <laughs> towns and cities and villages, you know, right. we just like, maybe we stop funding the death squads and, you know, imagine and maybe like Hillary Clinton to, doesn't do a coup. In imagine Honduras wanting in to leave Venezuela to live in Omaha, fucking Nebraska. Are you out of your fucking yeah. mind, people? Um, of yeah. course not. But again, like the politically, there's this perception of, um, immigrants sort of coming in and you know overtaking the you know rightful americans blah 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 like it or not these folks sort of speak to that issue right um obviously again like i said like i'm like 
<laughs> have you been to the rest of America? I know oftentimes the most diverse places are the big cities. So it feels like, oh my God, these crowded places, we would just make America so much crowded. It's like, give me a fucking break, bro. Like the country is fucking massive. And there's plenty more space and there's plenty more shit people could be doing. Um, there's like, like I, I don't buy the, the, the idea that there's a quote unquote crisis. I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that we want, I think it'd be hard, a hard sell to get people on board if they had the sense that anybody could come in here and start getting them to. That's and that's yeah. what I think people are um, grappling with, not the actual hard facts of it, because um, we talk about it all the time, even when it pertains to crime. Like we can talk about the hard data of what the crime is, but people sort of get a sense yeah, in yeah. their mind about something being wrong and not liking it. Right. So, you know, these are things that you got to deal with politically. Obviously, somebody like Donald Trump doesn't actually give a shit about immigration. He doesn't give a shit about actually fixing yeah. it. His whole fucking idea was building a wall. Like yeah. that was the, that was the, 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 which like, by the way, which by the way, swung, uh, the Rio Grande Valley uh, Latino community towards Trump. Uh, Period. You know, which is which is which is just like a and that's a the thing that like thing. a liberal a liberal could never understand. You know, yeah, but how see, that but that's the funny thing though, Nando. Like when we think about something like immigration, a lot of people tend to think of it as this: you have to be some maniac skinhead white person to actually be bothered by the concept of immigration. Where I'm just like, nah, man, that anti-immigrant shit has a universal appeal, bro. Straight yeah, up and well, down. Like the what, what was it the Houston mass shooter? Which mass shooter was it that was like a Mexican guy with Nazi tattoos? Yeah, I think um, that was yeah, I think that was Texas. Yeah, somewhere in Texas. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to keep track of the mass yeah. shootings these days. But uh um yeah, I mean and 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 people were like freaking out. They were like, I mean, people on the right were freaking out. It's like, how can it be a white supremacist if he's a if he's a if he's a Mexican? And it's like, well, <laughs> I, I can see that, and, but again, and then the, and the thing about the 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 wall in in the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas, um, it's you know like again, always look at the Marxist analysis and look at the kind of economic uh, base underneath that that kind of political uh, current, which is that, yo, that was a pretty that was a pretty big federal jobs program for 100%. that part of the world. For uh, those homies who got to live here, the people, a lot of the people doing border protection, like the legal shit, not those renegade white boys that leave their crib in freaking Idaho to go do that dumb shit voluntarily. Like the people who are actually on payroll doing it. Most oh, the of them CBP? are Mexicans. Yeah, they're Mexicans. Latins. Yeah, period. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and to speak more to that in, in like DeSantis is just just mental just he just doesn't get it um you think of a group like ados right um african descendants of whatever like the people who were descendants of the original negroes right um yeah. not people like me who are descended from uh slaves um, um in haiti people american yeah. african you're like kind of latinx you're like a latinx yeah, black yeah, guy basically exactly Kinda. exactly and those homies you don't want to hear what they got to see. It's they Richard Spencer on fucking immigration. And I'm talking about all of them, Mexican, black immigration, yeah. you name it. So like people need to understand that like this, a lot of these issues that we paint as literally black and white have more appeal with more communities, specifically 
people who don't come out of your goddamn universities and fancy ass media jobs and marketing jobs and tech jobs and blah, blah, blah. People don't come out of that culture and that community of all kinds of backgrounds resonated with the actual messaging of Trump. You know, um, this idea of bad jobs and trades and this and that, like that stuff resonates with a with a mass um, audience, honestly. And yeah, DeSantis going with this shit that he sees online. And yes, he to his mind, he's like, yo, if Mother Jones is killing this, it's great. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if New Republic is against this, fantastic. You know, like if I could get liberal media and liberal types of AOC is going to cry about it. Perfect. Which is cool, but that's not really, that's not a campaign, my boy. It's just not. And so, yeah, he embarrassed no. himself. And also, and then the other thing is like, again, I, you know, Trump, I mean, a part of his part beyond his kind of populist rhetoric, which I think was very effective. And he was like, I don't even know how he came up with it. You know what I mean? It's like, he just felt something. He just knew I don't know, he does have a kind of feel for the crowd, um, is that he's entertaining, you know? He's genuinely entertaining to a lot of people. He's entertaining to, to, to people who don't even like him. Bro, I mean, it's fun to watch him. the fuck out of Yeah, him. it's fun to watch him. And But a guy like DeSantis, he's a fucking nerd. He's such a mm. fucking nerd. And so Trump, in, like, classic, like, nerd bully, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, dynamic, after DeSantis announces... Starts posting all kinds of shit on Truth Social and on Instagram. Yeah. He starts shit posting. He 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 started off with like this a rocket that just said Ron Ron yeah. And it just like it just collapses. It and, collapses and, and, blows and blows the hell up, blows which up. is a great and double entendre because it kills yeah, both DeSantis Elon. and Eli in SpaceX. Which well, I was like, okay. Wow. So the other thing, the other thing that's hilarious about Elon is that when he took over Twitter, he did this whole fucking thing about trying to get trump back on twitter like he reinstated his account and whatever and he sort of like he did that poll should i reinstate trump and then he was like trump please come back and, he, and trump just like ignored him which is the funniest kind of bully thing too he's just like who are you again like what you know um why do i know you <laughs> you know he, like he just totally big timed him and he hasn't gone back on twitter um and so Elon, of course, is just like, yeah. So now he like does now he like throws his lot behind DeSantis, uh, just out of pure, yeah. you know, rejection. You don't want to come back um, on my platform and make me money, um, then I'm yeah. gonna go in with your with your rival. But yeah, Trump yeah. Trump posting truths on Truth Social. <laughs> That's what did you see? The, did you see the one? Did you see the one that was like a a recreation of Twitter Spaces with George Soros, Adolf Hitler, an FBI spokesman? No, I did uh, not see that one. I oh my god, dude! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! We we should almost pause and you should watch it, like because we should put it in. Like we should honestly pause and and you should watch it. Let me find it. Uh, yeah, this me. is like you gotta. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, right here. Uh, I'll put it in the chat so uh, so you yeah. can add it later, maybe. Um, yeah, Jervil added in post. Dude, listen, just just watch this. It's like a it's like a parody of a Twitter Spaces, and it's Elon and Ron and George Soros and the FBI <laughs> and uh, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about. ButcherBox. 
Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. You can kiss my 2020 what is it? My big beautiful presidential 2020 ass. <laughs> but he's like but he's like uh he's like uh the devil, I'm gonna kick your ass. Like Hitler, you're already dead. You know, look when like they, Dick Cheney's gonna join the devil. Gay? Like holy moly. Yeah, yeah this guy's Yeah, the FBI's the FBI spokesman saying, like, how are we going to get take down Trump? <laughs> Dude, like, people, of, of course, are going to think this is funny. And he's effectively, you know, emasculating this dude and making him seem like not a serious person. And, yeah, Ron DeSantis, who it is early. Like, obviously, a lot of things can happen, I guess, between now and whenever the primaries get into, you know, high gear. But yeah, it's just, I just don't understand. I can't imagine a world in which this guy actually makes a dent in the Trump campaign machine. It's just, it's just unfathomable. Anyway, we move on. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, wanted to talk about 
the you know the incident that happened um at Valencia when they played Real Madrid um and you know a lot of hooting hollering um people originally reported it was originally reported that in unison they were calling the guy monkey in spanish of course i remember when i first like started sort of following like um um super mario uh bolotelli um or bolotelli bolotelli yeah and they like you know they they were doing a special on him I forget what network I was watching. They were talking about some of the, like, you know, because Italy is just like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, Italy might be worse than Spain, boy. Um, But, yeah, man, he got so much incredible racism and vile and vile and hate. And it was just like, yeah, and it was the sense that, like, yeah, it used to be a lot more prevalent all over Europe, but now it's kind of in pockets. And, you know, certain players will draw the ire of the competition. And it feels like... You know, what he has in, in common, um, Balotelli and um, Vinicius, is that they're super brash guys. Um, they aren't these, you know, humble, sort of staid soccer players. They're, they're, they're very out there um, in their flamboyance, and that seems to get people riled up in a specific way. But Nando, like, I just want to know, because obviously I'm just looking at this shit. I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. I'm not knowing anything about the sort of culture of uh, heckling in soccer in Spain and just the history of all that kind of stuff. So, like, when you see so, it, what are you seeing as you well, ingest Okay, so I think that one of the things that's hard to... Um, separate for American sports fans um, or just Americans in general about um, Europe and racism in Europe, which is a thing that is obviously very real, um, is that the nature of racism in Europe is very different from the nature of racism in the United States in that the United States has essentially eliminated completely um, what I would call like de jour racism, you know, meaning like no one can get on TV and just be like a fucking race, like an overt racist. Yeah, you can't ever, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can you do can't shit even like do that Tucker in Carlson. You can do shit like Tucker Carlson and point out that black people commit most of the crimes in Chicago. Sure. And we understand sure. that it's a racial implication. A dog, you have to dog whistle. Yes, but you can't just come out and say, these Negroes are criminals, all of them, a lot of them, blah, blah, like you can't. Yeah, do you can't say you black can't people are lazy or stupid or, you, you know, whatever. You, you know, you cannot. You, can't do it. you yeah. can barely even do that in private. Any, you can't do that in private right. anymore. Like, right. you, like the, the repercussions to your life are, are just enormous and, and you, you can't do it. You just can't, you, you just can't. Um, in Europe, that that has not, especially kind of uh, what I would say, like the continental Europe. Because in the UK, you also can't really do that. Um, but in you know France, Italy, Spain, Germany, in some ways, not not so much, but but certainly in in southern Europe, they just have there just isn't that kind of that that, that hasn't happened in the same way to the same extent there's a huge generational thing obviously like young people are very like you know kind of like horrified by it and stuff but mm -hmm. it just hasn't been the same level of of um you know ed cultural education for lack of a better term around issues of race primarily because a lot of those countries just the presence of people that look that are different is a relatively new phenomenon you know the, mm -hmm. the black people have been in america for 400 years. 
Um, yep. in, in Spain, you know, the, 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 immigrant, the immigration wave uh, from Africa and South America is, a re- is like in the last 30 years. It's a relatively recent phenomenon. Just they haven't, there hasn't been the same level of kind of cultural progress around overt and explicit racism. Obviously, in America, like, you know, like, would you take your chances of being a black person in Spain or France or Italy or a black person in America? I think you'd probably take your chances of being a black person in Europe than in America, where there's, you know, a kind of heavily police, you know, uh, chances of being killed and, you know, violence and poverty and lack of social services. And so, like, the kind of structural effects of racism in America are much more violent than they are in Europe, right? You know, like, Again, so it's important to just understand that dynamic. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in the context of the Vinicius case, one of the things that's like not really discussed in, um, in the American media about this is that it's obviously like horrible and unconscionable for any racial abuse to be suffered in, uh, you know, in public by any black athlete ever, period, end of story. The reason why you see it and the reason why like the reaction why it's happening to him specifically like, or yeah I mean, it's, it's happening to him specifically mostly because he plays for real madrid okay and in the context of la liga real madrid is traditionally the richest team by far the most powerful mm. team by far the most winningest team by far it, it and and there's this feeling that when madrid comes into town they should they should walk into a city, a smaller city, a smaller team, a more humble team, you know, in which the players <laughs> are making, you know, it's not like in the NBA where like all those players are fucking rich yeah, yeah, and there's right, salaries, right, 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 you know, right. like uh, there's a kind of parody guys, of salaries and, and right, the, the, the poorest, the, 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 the least paid pay- player on Madrid is makes more than the highest paid player on 99% of teams in La Liga, just to put it into perspective. Right. There is a huge gulf in the sort of um, resources available to... Uh, so there's this feeling that when Madrid walks into town to a small city that has a team with a tiny little payroll budget and, you know, that they should come in with a certain level of politeness, you know? Humility, and yeah. Humility, you know? You know, often, what, you know, what happens is that foreign players players from abroad like don't really understand that dynamic and will be and it is true that Vinicius you know is is a brash player like you said and you know which is it's in his what's well within his rights I'm yeah. not saying this justifies he's not anything, the only brash know. player in Europe <laughs> like no 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 it's not but like black it's, dudes but, just a bunch of black dudes hot dogging like there's a lot of totally. flamboyance in European football <laughs> totally and and so What's it's just become this thing, especially this season, in which like a lot of stadiums have reacted very negatively to Vinicius's behavior on the field. Not all of it has been racial. Like, I mean, there's been plenty of instances of racial abuse, but in every stadium he walks into now, he's getting abuse, like just your standard kind of sports abuse. Like they're gunning for him, you know, and he's not you know, he's like doubling down, you know what I mean? Um, And so that dynamic has been heightened. And in Spain, for whatever reason, there is a culture of like, if, if one is, if you're, if one is provoking ire, then the ire is somewhat just no holds. That's just a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a cultural thing that if you're asking for it, you know, again, 
I'm not justifying it. I think it's wrong. I'm horrified and I'm embarrassed. And Spaniards are fucking have no self-awareness as to how they look to the rest of the world right now, where the fucking the Brazilian government, our boy Lula, is turning off the lights on Cristo Redentor one night, the, the sort of Jesus at the top of Rio de Janeiro, one of the most iconic things uh-huh. in the world. Um, they're turning off the lights in solidarity with Vinicius Jr. Really okay, happen? like this is like a matter of state. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is like, yes, this is like an issue of state in the world's second largest or third largest democracy okay you know like this is not something to be trifled with my man you know like and spaniards are like have no concept because like you know they're kind of insular and they kind of just like think about their own shit and they just don't understand how they're coming off to the rest of the world in which like it has just become rightfully so again they fucking deserve it you know like rio ferdinand is on tv and shit yeah about the uh sort of ethno makeup of of spain in comparison to other european places like you know um like pascal robert pointed out he was like you know the people that live in the ghettos um in in france are middle easterners right um it's yeah. it's like the, uh these muslim cats they're sort of like and algerians yeah and Al- yeah moroccans algerians and north, north africans right um the, it's it's north africans and like they're the sort of ghetto people of france um and that's sort of the racial hierarchy and makeup it's not like there aren't poor black people but france is specific like most of the people that fill the jails are middle easterners like that's sort of the dynamic um in in france what is the sort of racial ethnic dynamic in spain not like it is in america but you know compared to the rest of europe yeah well and the thing i'll say like one of the things about france that's different from spain is that france does have like ghettos you know like they call them by news i don't know if i i i, I recommended a movie to you last year i don't know if you actually watched it called atira which i highly recommend it's fucking awesome it's directed by this guy named a french director named roman gavras whose father was a very famous director he's the dude who's now dating dua lipa it just came out uh just so oh, you wow. have the, the context he did a movie called Athena last year love her, love her music i think she's a beautiful woman she's great love dua lipa yeah. She's great. Well, she's dating a French director who directed a movie about a about an upri- like a North African uprising in a banlieue in a ghetto of Paris, in which they kind of took over a a, a kind of a project, you know, and mm-hmm. and barricaded themselves within it. And there was a big standoff with police. Spectacular movie. Highly recommend it. Um, that that dynamic in Spain is not really does not really exist. There's just not there isn't the kind of ghettos that you see in 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 france um there's way less uh way fewer uh african immigrants in the big cities of spain there are plenty though don't get me wrong there are plenty and you're starting to see a lot of black players for the spanish national team right there's the Nyaki williams and nico mm-hmm. williams uh the brothers one of them plays for ghana and the other one plays for for spain uh ansu fati the barcelona player is 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 like an african guy um but he was born in spain um, you know, there's, there's plenty, you're starting to see like the new generations are, there's, there's a lot more, uh, but it's not, it's not a huge amount. Like there's not a, there's not a huge amount. There are more North Africans in the South of Spain. Um, you know, Spain used to, uh, used to have colonies in North Africa, just like France had colonies in North Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, Spain still had North Africa, Ceuta and Melilla, two autonomous cities, like literally in North Africa. Um, so there's a lot more kind of interchange in amongst the South of Spain, which is just like right there. It's like a very short straight. Um, 
but it's not as it's not as prevalent as it is in Germany, where there's a ton of Turkish people, like your mm. Mesut Ozil's and your Sarah yes. Kadiras of the world, and um, Gundogan. Yeah, my okay, Gundogan, your boy. Um, German Turks, essentially, um, and then in France, there's just a lot more, a lot more. Yeah, um, and obviously in, in in the UK, there's a ton of black people, tons of East Indian people, like just yeah. you know, West like Indian people, West yeah. Indian people, like it's just all over the yeah, place. Yeah. Right? It's, um, it's countries that had colonies. The colonies go back to the metropole. That's the true. Mm-hmm. Always, and uh, you know, like that's why there's so many fucking great Indian restaurants in London. Right, because yes. India was the crew, the crown jewel of the British Empire. Right, the Puerto um, Ricans didn't go back to Spain. Damn. No, because the, because the Americans <laughs> took over the, as a colony, yeah. and now all the Puerto Ricans went to fucking New York, as you all know. You know, because yes. Spain 100%. lost that colony in 1898 100%. to the Americans. You know, and so now all the Puerto yes, Ricans are no. in New York. But no, it's obvious. Like it's 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 absolutely true. Like there's a huge uh, Jamaican population in the UK. Obviously, we talked about um, the Indian folks. Like a lot of Haitians end up going um, to France of the educated and elite classes. Like it's it's a thing that happens, but it's just never happened for Spain that they're colonized. Well, because Spain lost its empire. Spain lost its empire way earlier. Gotcha. Yeah. So, like, the countries where that dynamic happened were the ones that held out into their colonies basically after World War One. you know? So the vast majority of, like, the big colonies in the British Empire were lost uh, between World War One and through World War Two. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's re- really modern, you know? It's a really modern... Right. Spain lost the, the last of its colonies in 1898. That was, like, they had Cuba, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines, lost them nice. to America in, in 1898. Uh, maintained a little bit of stuff in North Africa, but not much. Boy, yeah, y'all missed out on not having the Filipinos come back. Oh, Lord. Have Dude, that's mercy. why all the Filipinos have Spanish names, man. Uh, mm-hmm. If you notice that. It's crazy. Um, Shout out to my boy so, yeah. Pablo Torre, who. There you go. When I first met he's him, not Latino. he was Mexican. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, the he's guy not. was Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he Dude, Olivia Rodrigo. Over, Olivia Rodrigo. She's you know? not Latin? No, she, she's, she's Filipino. what, Filipino? Wow, yeah. that's great. Yo, you just blew my mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. So yeah, man, that's the only reason I wanted to talk to you because it needed like a better context because I think we tend to westernize every single international I feel embarrassed. Yeah. Well, not even westernized, because I guess Spain is technically the West too, but like sort of American. Anglo, the Anglo, the Anglo world. Exactly. I mean, again, there's there's a big divide between. I mean, we see it. It's it's a version of the the fight that happens between American sports fans and Mexican sports fans over the puto chain. You know, um, that's there's a fight a, there. Yo, dude, like, okay, American so, sports fans think it's offensive that Mexican dude, fans. You don't know about this, puto? so. No. Mexican well, fans, like one of the things the that they don't do, even speak Spanish. Like, what the fuck, dude, dude? You don't know about this? Oh my god, this is a whole thing. I could do a whole documentary about this. But there's a Mexican sport, like Mexican soccer fans, like it's like a tr- semi tradition for when the goalies run, like waiting to take the goal kick, they go oh, and they build up, build up, build up, and then like when he runs up and takes the goal kick and he kicks it, they go puto, which means it's a yeah. derogatory term for gay people. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Again. It's a word that's used in day-to-day Mexican slang. Like people yeah. call each other yeah. puto all the time. Yeah. Not like necessarily in the context of like you're not a literal gay person. Again, that 
used to happen in America all the time has been eradicated. Yeah, we don't you but see that's the thing though. Like we don't we don't call each other the F word anymore, things like that, but you still call your friend a bitch. And it's yeah. the exact same connotation yeah. that yeah. we're getting at, but go on. <laughs> no, so so like in America, whenever the Mexican national team plays, there's a whole lot of Mexicans in America and they show up to play the Mexican national team to, to support the Mexican national team. So like the American Federation has to pick and choose which stadiums they like. They can't play the U S can't play Mexico in, in uh, the Rose bowl it's not happening. or, yeah, or yeah, in yeah. Texas yeah, because yeah, yeah. it'll be, be like smoke. 80% Mexicans, you know, yeah, and then like yeah, a little yeah, bit facts. of an American outlaws, facts. like in the fucking corner going like, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. By the way, one of the through lines, um, Nando, of my American homies who have been sort of soccer fanatics forever is that they're all annoyed by U.S. men's national team. They're very annoying. They're extremely <laughs> just the annoying. culture around it, just, just so there. dismissive and annoyed and hate U.S. men's national team. Because it feels inauthentic, you know, in a way. And it... <laughs> Because they're all like, because they're all like, uh, they're all like libs, but they're also patriotic. You know what I mean? And which is like an also yeah. annoying uh, in a way. But anyway, so like, but but so the American Federation has like lobbied and shit with FIFA to like yeah. sanction the Mexican Federation for you know like not stamping down on the on the homophobic chants and stuff like that. There is just a big cultural divide between the Anglo world and the not like the sort of latin world if that makes sense yeah. like it's just yeah. there's just a different you know way, way that we of treat, being mm-hmm. a way of way of treating kind of cultural language and stuff like that i mean like we joke about it all joke, we've joked about it in private all the time but like in spain a lot of soccer players are constantly getting in trouble because in spain um the, it's the very, three kings like, the three kings joint. Yes. Yeah, the Three Kings is what you really celebrate at Christmas. Like Santa Claus is not as big of it's not a thing in Spain. Mm-hmm. Three Kings Day is the day you give the presents, the day everyone's excited about it. It's the day that there's usually parades on the streets and shit. And it's very, very common for people to dress up as the Three Kings. Okay. There was and, and one of look the at three any pictures was black. It was a yes. black dude. Yeah. It was and two the white guys and a black guy. Dre- the, the Spaniards what a Spaniard would always dress up in sort of Blackface, blackface, whatever, yeah. um, to yeah. represent that three kings because in Spain there are no black Americans. There isn't this tradition of minstrelies and blackface that spans freaking two hundred years damn near. Um, that yeah. you know basically comes out of a a horrible you know racist tradition, right? Like that's what we have in America, whereas when they don't have that context over there. And so when they're doing it, it's just like, no, literally, I'm just dressing up as a black guy. And, yeah. and of course, like, it's ridiculous and stupid. But in America, it becomes more than ridiculous and stupid because it's tapping into an actual a tradition. And, and, and the thing is, like, the, the um, Americans, even progressive Americans, absorb American chauvinism in a way. You know what I mean? Like, because yes. America is the dominant empire. Yeah. There's this, there, like, that manifests itself in ways that you can't even, sometimes you don't even see. And exporting even your, like, sensitivity towards certain issues to the rest of the world is a form of, like, American imperialism, for lack of a better of term, you know? Um, like, w- w- why should, like, first of all, like, I, I, I'm not even convinced that, 
African immigrants in Spain would see it the same way that I'm, like I'm an ADOS even. person would see it in, in, in America. Like I'm, there's I'm a very much more of a, a direct hateful link to, yeah. you know, in America that need not be exported to the rest of the world. Like what they, you know, like let them come up with the, their own mores, like in, in, and, and, and even the black, the black community within Spain, you know, and again, this is like gone off talking about like the Vinicius thing is still unjustifiable. That is not an example of American yeah. but, but there is a slight cultural divide that is, that is, you know, I, I see it all the time. Like I see it so clearly because I, I understand both cultures and yeah. I see it. They're just talking past each other, yes. you know, um, like kind of unproductively. And, and, and I'm not sure like what mechanism there is for them to talk productively, but <laughs> it'll be probably, it's probably what impossible. You, so I just you, like, I'm caught happens? in the middle and I see it. What do you think happens? Because I think honestly, um, if this happened in the NBA, like Adam Silver would be like, if your crowd chants this at a at a player, we're gonna like take points off of you. Like yeah, we're gonna no, we're gonna like hurt your team for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. I could see a yeah, commissioner yeah. coming in and being like, no, 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 no. We're like going hard here yeah I, obviously i don't see that happening in european no. football so like what do you think is going to happen going forward with this it's just going to be like fuck that we're going to call talk, talk to people however we want the, i mean the I've, i have seen cases in which like if they have video evidence of someone doing it they'll just ban them from the stadiums forever i don't even know how they do that but they they say they do that like where they just ban them from the stadiums you know that's one thing that that happens um but there's not there's not gonna be any repercussions to the clubs or the teams yeah, or, I mean, or anything like that. Like it's just not gonna happen. I mean, it's just uh, again, it would be seen as Madrid bullying a small team. Yeah, like, that's how it would be taken. Yeah, but, you know what I mean. Yeah, if some um, actual consequences came. Like when Vinicius was walking, one of the things that a lot of Valencia fans and a lot of Valencia players came out afterwards and and said, and they were seen by the rest of the world as like highly insensitive is that Valencia right now is struggling to stay in the first division. They're fighting for their uh -huh. lives. You know, like Madrid is comfortably up at the top and Valencia is like literally yeah. fighting for their survival in the first division. Yeah. You know? like going Which, by the way, it's not just the competition, it's the, it's the freaking money involved in oh, actually yeah. getting to stay in the first division. Yeah. Crawling out of that hole is like really difficult. It could right. condemn your club for, for, for many years. Like it's just like, it's a horrible, horrible thing that can happen. When Vinicius was walking off the field, he was like very angry, understandably so. And he kind of made, a, he said to the players, he's like, you guys are going down to second division and gave like a, did like a, like a number two uh, <laughs> sign, you know, like, like you guys are going second down division, to the second division. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he did that. That's a sick and bird. they were like, they saw that, it's totally a sick bird, but they saw that as just like, a so insulting for like a Madrid yeah. rich boy. It's like, imagine yeah. if like a rich guy went and walked into a party of like working class people and just started making yeah. fun of them for how poor they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how it's seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like Vinicius is a multimillionaire. Madrid is like this powerful global institution, <laughs> yeah. you know, and Valencia is like struggling to survive. And yeah, you know, and like that's how it's seen in Spain. I'm telling you, like it's yeah, it's, it's a crazy kind of this, this is not lost crazy on me kind of, at all. Yeah. This is not lost on me at all. And I think to be honest, um, it's one of those things where like when you try to explain and again, white privilege, racism, all that shit, all of these fucking Anglo ass ideas. Um, like if you try to tell a poor person like white privilege, it's just like, 
Nigga, please. <laughs> I live in a trailer park. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Which, which I think is the, the sort of attitude being displayed by Valencia people, supporters, when they're saying like, all right, yeah, sure, I'm a racist. This fucking guy who's worth all of this money, who has a great life, who, yes, he may have had to hear a bad word in a stadium. His team yeah. is going to be incredible. We're fucking headed for despair and ruin. We don't want to hear that shit. I understand that sentiment. Obviously, you should be calling the guy a monkey and throwing banana peels at the guy. Um, That's, that's ridiculous. But, yeah, I'm glad we actually got to talk about this because I have – you know, I'm not I'm not as robust in my consumption of um, soccer media as I am, obviously, of the NBA. But, you know, like most of the people who are who work for American companies are like they're taking a pretty liberal American sort of sensibility towards the topic where it's like these hush tones and like, oh, my God. Can, can Real Madrid even bring the guy back if they're going to sub subject him to these terrible things? And I'm like, damn, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. is this shit that fucked up? That's why, yeah. I, you know, wanted to talk to you about I it. I mean, listen, I, you know, like I said, I think that Vinicius's brashness is like, I mean, Madrid has plenty of black players and they've had plenty of black players. Some of them have suffered racial abuse in the past, but many have not. You know, it just, Certain players become a flashpoint, and I will say, like all season, a lot of the, a lot of Madrid players, and like especially the veterans, the captains, you know, some of the guys, you know, black and you know, brown, like Benzema, and and you know, Benzema's North African, he's from, he's from French, but he's he's Alger Algerian descent, um, you know, have been like you've seen. There's been moments on the field where they're like, "Yo, you gotta chill, like just chill out," you know, like just just, just, <laughs> just relax, just chill out, you know, like just relax, just play, you know, like let's just play and like let's just, you know, like he really is kind of like becoming a very a focal point, and it's been all season, and like and it's been a it's been a vicious cycle. Like the more, and I'm not saying it's, I'm not like blaming him. I, again, like I don't, I want to be clear. I don't, I'm just saying I'm just explaining a dynamic that is existing, which is that. The more he, the more he acts out, the more violent the response is. Which the more he acts out, and then the more you know, like it's just it's getting worse and worse. You know what I mean? Um, and again, it's within. I think it's within his right. Like I find it ridiculous that fans get annoyed at the way an opposition player reacts to stuff. <laughs> you know, like especially if you're a fucking grown ass man. Like I, I don't know. Like I think me and you and Waz are the same. And like that. We can't take our sports fandom too seriously. I just like, can't. It's like, I can't. You know, I'm, like, I'm never going to call. And I find like a grown-ass man who's like sad for a week that their team lost. Like, tough. you're an adult. Like, just grow up. I think you, you know? can buy the tickets, watch the games, buy the merch, and be an actual adult human being outside of that yeah. all the time. Like, I really, truly believe that. I think there are some people who think the business of sports requires a certain level of fanaticism, and fanaticism um, is unwieldy, and it gets nasty and messy, and it manifests itself in some dark ways. But the benefits from everybody else involved um, sort of outweigh that stuff most of the time, except for, you know, when guys in fucking Auburn are poisoning fucking trees and shit because they're fucking Alabama yeah. fans. So I don't remember if it was an Alabama fan or Auburn fan. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, anyway, we went pretty long here. Uh, thank you, Nando, for coming on today. Of course, everybody, please become a Patreon, patreon.com 
backslash count the dane shouts to my man john gervais for hosting i mean excuse me for producing an excellent show all the time we'll see you guys next week peace later